every day, you know, I open this place, I, uh, I have new friends. That's the beauty part of it. I'm in peace with myself. Hi, my name is Ellie Cody, and this is Manhattan Sideways. On today's episode, I spoke with Saeed Porque, owner of Taste of Persia. Here's what founder of Manhattan Sideways had to say about this business. It might be one of the smallest spaces to run a business in New York, but what Saeed produces in his limited area, tucked inside a pizza shop, is beyond phenomenal. His food is filled with a huge variety of spices and flavors. I first discovered Taste of Persia in the holiday market in Union Square many years back. I was freezing and needed something hearty to fill my stomach. The soup certainly more than met my needs, but meeting Saeed was what warmed my soul. I knew that I had to get to know this man better and was thrilled to learn that he had a side street business that I could visit throughout the year. I've spent quite a bit of time now with Saeed, hearing his stories of his journey from Iran and back again, and how he struggled to make it in New York. He fought against the odds, determined to make this city his home, and today he says he would not change a thing. What keeps him going? The smiles that he puts on people's faces when they taste his authentic Persian cooking. My name is Saeed Pourke, and uh, the name of my business is Taste of Persia, New York City. I came in uh, 1978 to the United States, and uh, a year after, I started uh, doing some graphic from my uh, bedroom mm-hmm. because I had a background in Iran. As a, uh, I used to work in a printing house, and uh, somehow at that time it was my passion, you know, get into the graphic business. A few of my brothers came and they all started working with me. And then uh, our business started to grow and uh, somehow we had to come to New York because it was the heart of advertising. And we already had, after a year, three or four different ad agencies that they used to work with us. We came and we rented a spot 24th Street between 5th and 6th, and we started our uh, buying our equipment, buying a large graphic machine, the typesetting machines. And a few years later, the Macintosh came and our business started to grow. And I remember from uh, four or five employee, all of a sudden we have 15 to 17 proofreaders, typesetters, graphic designers. And that space was uh, too small for us. And we moved to 18th Street, which I'm uh, located right now. And and September 11th came, and at that time I had the basement, I had the storefront, and I had the second floor also. The entire floor, which we used to pay like a, a thirty-five dollars to $37,000 a month rent. When September 11th came, the whole city was empty. And somehow, in a few months without the business, we couldn't survive. We decided to not to take the second floor, and then we reduced a little bit. I remember at that time, FBI, and uh, because we got a lot of uh, threat from uh, other people, that they used to call us that uh, because of the September 11, they did threaten us that they're gonna kill our four brothers that we did own this business. Because you're Iranian? Because of, I was Iranian. And every day I remember from police department, they used to come open the door, go inside, check. And our phone lines was traced 
to see if any they can catch anyone that uh, they make this trip. Anyway, it took us a uh, few months to catch up again after we lost so much business in the city. Somehow, a lot of aggravation with the customers. A few years later, you know, I decided to give up that business because I couldn't fight, you know. And I told my brothers uh, that uh, I'm leaving the print icon. My share is for sale and I want to sell. They bought my share and what I did uh, at that time, I was married with, uh, uh, with a Venezuelan artist and I had no job and I refused to work for anyone because when you work for yourself for so many years and then you have so many employees, you cannot become an employee. And I refused to work and until I find out what I want to do with my life. I was searching. I didn't want to go to graphic business again because I was fed up. What I did, we got divorced because I was afraid, you know, every day coming, getting up and answering what I want to do with my life because I was thinking what I want to do and I had no plan. We got divorced uh, very peacefully and she's my very, very good friend now. And after my divorce, when I got the money from my brothers, I went to China, I went to Japan, and I did a few bad investments. I brought some solar panels, which United States wasn't ready for mm. green products. Somehow, I lost whatever I had, whatever I got from them. And when I got divorced, I decided to go back to Iran. Because over there, we have two apartments that I, I went to. They are empty, so uh, I opened one of them and uh, I went there for a few months. While I was in Iran, you know, I was thinking uh, what I can do to be happy. And I realized that I'm uh, somehow good in cooking. For the same reason, I decided to, to go to my relatives that I remembered from the, my childhood. They were good cook, going to their houses uh, and going to the kitchen with them early in the morning and buying the ingredients and cooking together. So that was a good start for me. And then I always loved to, to make a soups because in the cold winter in New York City, you know, I always uh, thinking that I can do some kind of a business with the hot soup in, a, in New York, which uh, has a lot of demand during harsh winter that we have here. So I learned a few diff uh, different soups. And at the same time, I was going to, to a bakery in Iran, spending a week over there, paying them, you know, buying everyday breakfast for them. And uh, they're showing me how to, to make a nice Persian bread. Another month going to traditional ice cream making uh, shop in uh, in in Tehran, and I learned how to make nice ice cream, and then another week just searching, you know, just going from different places because I had nothing to do over there, just spending my time. And somehow I, I spent it in the right way, you know, looking, searching, even though at that time I had no idea that someday I want to have my own place. After a few months, I decided to come back. When I came back, uh, I had no money in my pocket. And I have two kids that they, they are in Phoenix, Arizona. Right now, one of them is in uh, 
pharmacy school, which is almost finished, and the other one is uh, 26. He's going to medical school and at the same time work. I didn't even tell them where I live. I came here and I didn't have even down payment to, to rent an apartment. What I did, I asked a friend of mine that I love to have a place to sleep. Just help me out to find a place because I don't have money. The guy, uh, a friend of mine says, I have a warehouse in Navy Yard in Brooklyn, New York. And he says, I have a warehouse you can sleep there. You can go around 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and you have to be out by 6 o'clock because employees coming. We don't want to anybody see that somebody is living here. And my friend told me that you can come and you have to be out by 6 o'clock. And at that time, uh, there were no shower there. There were no, no bed. You know, I had a blanket with a very small luggage with my laptop with my watch, Bois Marcier, which I always loved. <laughs> so clean clothing, going there, and every day uh, getting up uh, around 4.30 in the morning, uh, going to a sink that they used to wash their mops, taking a quick shower, you know, putting the hot water over my head and wash myself and get out. And that continued for, not, for almost... Uh, Nine months I was in there, and nobody knew that uh, I'm living there. And at that time, I decided to do something because I knew I can continue for another a year or two, but at the end, I have to get up and do something. I was very afraid of doing anything, but somehow the situation forced me to get up and uh, go to urban space management because I had relationship in the past for different products for my solar and uh, green products. They knew me because uh, I had, during November and December, I had rented the space from them. So I went there and I told my situation. I said, my friends, I need your help. I want to start something uh, new and I want to make soup and all I need to give me a month, don't charge me anything in the beginning, rent me the space, let me make money and I pay you back at the end of the market. Fortunately, they were so kind and they helped me out. They gave me the boot. And now the problem was where I could make the soup. I bought some big pots and because I was in, uh, in this neighborhood for almost 15 years, and just to clarify, the booth that they gave you was going to be at the Christmas market, right? At Christmas the holiday market. market, holiday market mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of New Yorkers, they come and do their uh, Christmas shopping over there. But no space to cook. No, no space, space to cook, to cook. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I came to, to 18th Street in Pizza Paradise that he's uh, my good friend. And I asked him if he can uh, rent a space to me during this month and a half that I can cook at night and serve it in Union Square in the morning. Fortunately, he agreed, and I rented the space from him. And the same principle, the same uh, uh, deal I got from uh, Urban Space, he gave me also. Come and cook, pay me later. So uh, I came here and I cooked every night and I served it in, the, in Union Square. The first week, it was good. All of a sudden, I uh, see a few reporters showed up. 
that uh, people are talking about your soup. So I explained about my soups, which is the Ashereshte. Ashereshte is a very complex uh, vegetarian soup that contains 22 different herbs and spices. It is very difficult and very delicious. And somehow the way I make it, people describe that uh, I have a talent and all the Iranians that they came, they said it's uh, better than home cooking, better than mom's cooking. And then I made a lamb soup, lentil soup, few soups that I made. Uh, uh, the reporter came and then a few days later, another reporter showed up. It was good first year and the second year, the same principle. At that time, I could save a little bit of money and I decided to go rent a space to live because I had to keep my, the stand of my living. I went rented even though I had just a little bit of money. I went uh, to a luxury apartment, even though I, I didn't have any income coming. I decided to get the space and force me to do what I supposed to do, which is work and continue. Even though it was high rent, I said, this will force me to do it. I rented the space and then uh, I had to find a space to continue because at that time I, a lot of people knew me. And I came to the same place, uh, Pizza Paradise. I asked the owner, do you rent me a space? He says, yeah, let me push my uh, salad bar from the window and you can have this 10 by 10 in front uh, window space to you and you can start. He promised to give me the space. Now I don't have refrigeration. I don't have almost nothing to, to start a, a food business here. My neighbor uh, in front, he went and he got me a freezer. He got me a refrigerator. He says, don't worry, this is yours. And when you make money, pay me. So I started uh, doing Taste of Persia by uh, help of friends. And somehow I started my business, which is almost seven years. And uh, I'm still here. A year later, New York Times showed up. New York Magazine, uh, my soup was the best soup in New York. Then New York Magazine, my uh, stews, Fess and John, turned out to be one of the best seven sour dishes in New York. And then from there on, I got so much publicity and so much reviews from uh, respectable publications. As a kid, I remember helping mom. My mom was a very, very good cook. She's uh, still alive. I always loved to help her, and when I decided to do something different, it came to my mind. I went back to review my life to see what I like to do, and I realized that as a kid, I used to surprise my mom, even though she was a good cook. I was waiting for her to get out of the kitchen and go shopping. By the time, uh, food shopping, by the time she was back, I had something very simple, ready for her. And very delicious, she always encouraged me that you are a good cook. And uh, somehow I found out uh, that yes, I like cooking. And for the same reason, changing from graphics to, to food business, from one art to another, I found out that uh, I do have a passion for it. And the food business is great. People don't come and fight with me anymore. And uh, that's a beauty. You give them food and they give you a smile back. That's the beauty of uh, 
food business. And uh, I'm happy. Knowing that you had the two apartments in Iran, what made you come back to New York? Why did you Why did you want to come all the way back to start the business or to start your life here? Yeah. I spent more than half of my life in New York. And uh, somehow, if you live in New York for six months, everywhere else you go is uh, like a camping. You got to come back. And it took me three months uh, staying in Iran. And after that, I realized I really miss New York. And uh, I had to come and I had to start here because my kids are here. And for me, it was very difficult to stay there and continue with food business or any other businesses because I had more opportunity in New York than uh, being in Iran in my hometown. Mm -hmm. Can you speak more about growing up in Iran and your childhood there? Uh, those days, uh, serving the food and finding a food in Iran was completely different. There were no fast food restaurants in Iran. There were no restrictions about how to serve the food or having a license to sell the food. Anybody that had a little bit of talent, they had a, a pot, <laughs> they had the ingredients. They sit in a corner of a street in Iran, <laughs> cooking right there, <laughs> selling it, serving it, and selling it. And at the same time, it wasn't disposable dishes. The guy had a pot of uh, hot water next to him. The same dish that he was serving you after you finished washing it in one pot, and then to another pot for the second wash <laughs> and drying it and serving you the food. Uh-huh. And sitting in the street, eating those food, the taste. I remember I was uh, 13 years, 14 years old. Any money that I could find, get that a small amount of money from my father or mother, just run to the, to the market, go almost every night to different places. And I remember there was a guy that he used to have lentil soup and the same soup that I make, Ashereshte. And the taste after 40-something years, uh, 50 years, the taste is still still here. So that was the reason. The idea of opening a soup stand in Union Square Market based on my childhood experience that I had with the food vendors, very simple one in Iran. Obviously, you cannot ask people to sit in the street and eat your food. You have to follow certain rules and regulations. But the idea was there. I decided to make my soup, serve it the same way that they used to serve in Iran, with a little bit of differences, that uh, the rules that I have to follow. And that was the reason I uh, started having soup stand in New York and Union School Holiday Market. Mm. And obviously, you know, finding my uh, ingredients is the hardest part because I have to go to so many different places to find the ingredients which I like, which I need. Persian food is very complex. And to having Persian food, you have to 
Sorry, maybe I'm very selfish, but if you want to have Persian food, you have to be very sophisticated uh, to have uh, a good Persian food because the ingredients that we use is very soft, gentle, is not as spicy. And uh, we use a lot of healthier spices that recently they talk about it in America. One of them can be pomegranate, which is pomegranate is an antioxidant. And past few years, even that one, as I know, is introduced to United States by an Iranian. We use a lot of turmeric, a lot of spices, nothing is spicy. We use a lot of preserved lemon or lemon dried, which I use them as a whole or powder, or uh, uh, we use a lot of fresh herbs and uh, vegetable. The way we make the rice and the way uh, we cook the rice is completely different than the rice that other uh, nations they make. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, we wash them so many times, we get rid of the starch, and then uh, we cook them and steam them. Yeah. Said, I know from talking to you in the past that your kids are incredibly proud of you. Can you tell me more about how they, how they respond to what you do? One thing I uh, hear from them repeatedly, you know, they say you are the hardest working man that we, we remember because you always worked in your life and somehow we are so proud of you. What we want you to do, this is their message to me, that just hang in there, few more years, we're gonna take care of you. So by going to, to pharmacy school, by going to school, by working hard, that's their wish that uh, someday they help uh, their dad. So, which is, encouraging for me that at least my kids are doing what they're supposed to do and going to school and and I'm not expecting them to do anything but this is for me is an encouragement Mm -hmm. that they want to help me out. Mm -hmm. What will happen to Taste of Persia if and when you retire? I was thinking about it Uh, as a matter of fact this morning I was thinking about it you know I don't have anybody. My kids are not, uh, they don't want to come even here to spend 10 minutes, you know, selling for me. So this morning I was thinking, hey, I'm getting old. I'm a little bit tired and even do the caterings and push me for a few months later that I have catering. I have to stay in business until I finish my catering. But somehow I think I, uh, I have to find someone that I can trust and I can supervise mm-hmm. and hand it to them. And uh, I stay aside and just do cooking mm-hmm. and supervise. Mm-hmm. Because I think uh, my body won't uh, take that much longer to carry heavier stuff because every day I go to the market, I shop, I buy fresh ingredients, and I come and cook in the afternoon. So at some point, I have to think seriously what I want to do. But for time being, I'm here. Good. (laughs) Where do you get your ingredients? I get my ingredients from all over because some of them... uh, these days, you can find anything that you need. 
especially my herbs and spices. I go to New Jersey. There is a there is a market in Patterson, New Jersey, Middle Eastern, Turkish, and Arabs that they do have uh, all my spices and ingredients. Basically, I go there and then uh, I go to Restaurant Depot and somehow, you know, I go to fresh market in uh, Union Square and I get... Uh, the things that I really need, you know, every every day that there is a market, you can find Saeed over there. It's a good market. It's yeah, a really good absolutely. market to get ingredients. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where do you see your business going in the next few years? Do you think you'll stay in Pizza Paradise? Will you continue doing the holiday markets every year? Holiday market, for me being there, is, uh, is becoming part of tradition in Christmas market, even though it's... Uh, it's Christmas shopping, Christmas market. But during past seven years, I build up so many people that they come here, they come to Union Square and uh, they say, we are here just because of you. Oh, we are here just to have your soup. I think people want me to do it and uh, I have no other choice and I love to do it because it's a happy time uh, Christmas time and is a therapy for me at the same time is a work because I see so many new faces. At the same time, every year I go there, I bring more customers to, to 18th Street. People come and uh, they knew me if this is the first time they, they come and they, they come to my store. And that's somehow I build up business by going to Union Square Holiday Market. I don't know, God willing, uh, New York is very, very expensive. I don't think I can afford having my own place. I wish I had opportunity to have my own small little place, but I don't have money. I do have my own uh, difficulties, pizza paradise, because during the day, early in the morning, they start cooking for themselves. I don't have any uh, oven or uh, any a flame to, to cook, and I can't even get to the kitchen till one o'clock. So I have to do it very, very early, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to cook. And I worked seven days, and thank God that I always worked in my life. <laughs> I remember I was 13 years old. We were a big family, and usually the parents want to take a nap over there. It's a different lifestyle. Usually they eat and then they take a two, three hours nap in the afternoon and then they go to work. Uh, even the government offices are like this, you know. It was at least at that time. For the same reason, my parents, they wanted to get their nap. And every summertime, my father used to put me to summertime in a printing house. One summer in a carpentry, one summer in ironwork. I have no fear of working, and I think uh, that's my destiny. I'm 65 years old. I work seven days a week and uh, long hours. Mm -hmm. You keep saying how happy you are doing what you're doing. What is it that makes you so happy about this? Same reason I told you nobody fights with me. That's, that's number one. Number two is a food business. And number three is, even though it's very small place, you know, I uh, I give uh, jobs to few, one or two people that uh, they are in need to, to work and support themselves. A guy came here two weeks ago. 
He was Iranian, and he said he has a master's degree in uh, economics. He got a visa through lottery, and he came to New York, and he doesn't have a job, and he sleeps in a subway. I felt so bad that even uh, I shed some tears, and uh, I went outside, and I said, I have to help this guy because he's another homeless like me. So what I did, I asked him to take his jacket off and to work. He finished, he came at three o'clock and we finished at eight. Now I'm thinking, how can I let him go back asleep in the subway? So I told him, I'm gonna take you home. I took him home. I uh, immediately, all his clothing went to the washing machine and then I take a shower and I gave him a clean uh, sheets and uh, I kept him here for almost uh, 10 days, and he was very, very thankful that now he opens his wallet, he showed me some cash that he saved by working here. And his uh, plan was making some money for airline ticket and go back to Iran. So I gave him a job and he made his money, and I believe he is on the, his way back to, to Iran. So small details in life, which I believe if I can help, it help them. And that's, that's what I do. It will yeah. come back to you. That's what I do. And I've been doing it throughout these seven years, even though it's a small place and I don't have make that much money. Throughout these years, you know, I have a list of people that I helped, even though I'm very small. The first time that I came here, it was the middle of the summer. It was so hot, but I had the ashreshte, which is normally the winter soup, but I loved it. I loved it so much, and I didn't care how hot it was, and I have craved it, you know, every every week since. But I I love so many of the things that you have available, not just the ashreshte. Maybe you could speak about some of the other things that you have on the menu. I have to tell you, ashreshte... Uh, is a celebratory dish in Iran. If you have a wish you want to come through and then uh, you cook it, you serve it to the needies and uh, to the neighbors and you don't charge. I hope I don't go to, to hell because I'm selling it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this soup is, uh, is a food, it's not soup, it's not miso soup. It's, contains a lot of ingredients yeah. that is a soup for throughout the year. It's not for winter. Winter, obviously, is a, is a good time for it, but you can have it throughout the year. Besides that, uh, now that I have this space in Pizza Paradise, I make my own bread because I went to the bakery in Iran and I learned how to make it. And then I make ice cream which I learned in Iran. And what I do, of course, ice cream, I make it for my uh, special occasions or catering I have. And I make a stews because of my space. I usually have three or four different stews uh, every day and people like it, <laughs> people come. Because I don't have a set menu every day. If I have time, I posted on my Facebook and I have so many followers on my Facebook and they 
all wait until I post and I get so many reviews from uh, my Facebook. These days, uh, there is no print. That's the only way to communicate. It is social media. Mm-hmm. And it did help me out a lot. When uh, NPR came here, they had a segment for my Asher Eshte. And throughout the other networks that they work with, they broadcast the same episode throughout the world. And people uh, know me in uh, Australia, in Germany, in Turkey, in all over the world somehow. They heard about me or they know me. And one uh, review that Ether wrote about me, that was the biggest hit after New York Times, which came in. It was Ether, which has almost probably with the Facebook, uh, YouTube, and the Ether is like a million view. Social media helped me. How have you seen New York change in the time that you've been here? New York changed a lot, but New York is a melting from uh, all over the world. They, they love to come here. And New York has a reputation around the world that you want to be here and you want to come and live here. And for the same reason, that, you know, thank God that I chose uh, from the beginning when I came from Iran to come to New York. And it's It changed a lot, and the beauty of New York, people are not prejudiced, and somehow it's uh, it's home. Even uh, I understand uh, September 11th was a very special time. That was the only incident I had, and uh, I love New York because uh, it's my home. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Ellie Cody, and this has been Manhattan Sideways. If you'd like to learn more about this particular business or to discover and read about thousands of other fascinating small businesses on the side streets of Manhattan, please visit our website, sideways.nyc, and of course, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, at NYSideways.